Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. Back check this live stream, and tonight I'm joined by Magoo, Jose, and Tyler, and we are going to talk about the death of the internet. And uh, Jose might recognize that intro music as one of my early attempts to uh, create an intro for him, and that one got uh, that one got denied. But I ended up repurposing the the music for my own ventures, so it lives on regardless oh, no. of his taste uh, or a preference for it. One preference didn't it get hit? You said it got hit for a friggin' um um what's it called a IP? Oh no, not, not that one. Uh, oh no, okay. Because I remember I had to do like four iterations before it finally would not flag it. So no, that one didn't. That one never got a copyright hit. Uh, that one just wasn't quite upbeat enough. We mm-hmm. we found the uh, we found the one that paired well with the the dancing girl. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been almost hundred episodes with that. So <laughs> I'm I'm still rather proud of that one. That's it's a, yeah. No, I dig it. It's definitely definitely kicks ass. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up. By the, the way, on the on the last well, Prax Ben episode, you you shot out uh, Justin for that uh, intro. I try to do it. Everyone, I, I do my. I try to oh. do like the. I get really good at doing like a spiel. Like I got I got a little thing of shit I got to hit at the beginning. You know my plugs and stuff. And I'm getting better. At it. I'm getting more professional as time goes on. But uh, yeah. I finally got professional enough to squeeze his in there. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I, I iron out the details as time goes on. But you know. 2022, the year of the more polished and professional Jose. Yes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not down for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like where this is going. Yeah, no. I, uh, I, I just no hit up polishing. Ian Crossland. I just hit Ian Crossland. He, might, he may or may not be coming on soon, so I don't know. Uh, but I, I still don't think I'll be getting too polished anytime soon. So I, and if I do, I'll have my uh, Tower Power Hour outlet do to uh let out the rough edges you know there you go yeah that's what i've got the morning show for which we're trying i'm trying to get uh clyde to put together actual copy for the run your mouth coffee ad so that i can have jim with his beautiful radio voice read the ad for us and we can and we can actually be somewhat professional instead of just monkeying around (laughs) all the time if you're looking to me to make your shit more professional you've done fucked up son (laughs) but i'll be happy to do it it's the voice. He didn't say anything else. <laughs> yeah. I'll stick to the script. All right. So y'all ready to dive into this thing? What did y'all think about the video that I sent for that we're going to review today? Or I don't, not necessarily review it, but the, the video that kind of took on the premise of this episode. Where did the rest of the internet go from True Story Media? which they've got some pretty interesting stuff out there. And, and the video was incredibly well produced. It was a, an excellent video. Plus it really hit on some really uh, relevant and 
pointed uh, things in terms of the way the internet works, the way the search engines works, especially what you've seen over the last week or so, some of the stuff, or well, I mean, over the last couple of months, but especially the last week or so, some of the stuff is coming out of like DuckDuckGo with talking about they're going to be a little more censored with the content that they allow. Uh, so whoever wants to go first, let's kind of, let's kind of dive in and, and talk about the, the video itself and some of what you, what you got out of that. Well, I'll go ahead and start out real quick. I'm a piece of shit. I didn't realize there was a video attached, so I haven't watched it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and throw my cards on the table and let these guys look better by comparison. So, <laughs> hell yeah! My, I, I missed that. We, we had homework. We had homework. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is this is like the morning show all over again. All right. So, what did y'all think about these articles I sent? You didn't send any articles. Like, yeah, I, I can't. Like, just... I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said. Oh no, it was a video, Jose. You should have been fine. All right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll go if you want. If you want some. Uh, non-astute it, it reminded me of um well first of all do you want to critique the video it was well done but i felt like it had about 10 minutes of talk that she could have cut out besides that it was really well done and i actually was going to was really going to be prepared and i was going to do my own uh sample with brave browser and DuckDuckGo, and i didn't uh but it reminded me of was it the creepy line the google documentary uh before the last election that there's a liberal guy that did it i think malice even had him on his show and, um, you know, it talks about all the, the shady shit with Google and their search engine. Um, it was fascinating. It, Jose, if you don't know, basically this lady does a, a Google search for climate change, just random. And it says like 1 billion plus search searches available. So you click and you go to the end. And then there's actually only like 400 because they're all just the curated multiples off the same link of, you know, like CDC and whatever else. Um, so her point is, even though there's all those searches out there. A lot of them are taken down or they're not even available to find. All right. That's what it was interesting. The, the, yeah, the Internet's uh, over. And I was there when it was began. Yeah, I do remember like, uh, I don't know when it started. Uh, I had the DuckDuckGo browser a while a while back. I kind of just stopped. Uh, I probably should re-upload it at some point. I'm kind of a tech idiot. So I just like once I got a new phone, I just never got it again. But it, it was like it's I don't know the past five to ten years, like trying to search something especially certain things. I mean, especially considering the things we are into uh, a lot of those type of things, uh, you'd search it and you'd be like, what the fuck? And it is just a giant pain in the ass. It's really hard to find what you're looking for. And yeah, stuff like DuckDuckGo does definitely come in clutch. So with some of the stuff they're doing now, it definitely is really fucking sketchy what's going on there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Things shift. Yeah. So one Did of you... the things that she had talked about was like, uh, like using keyword searches and stuff. Uh, and like something that I've noticed because I'll because for what I do with this show and what I do with the morning show, like I'll look at real specific articles and stuff. And sometimes uh, sometimes they'll mess up and they'll they'll post an article where they actually like tell the truth or they give a not corporately approved narrative. Um, and, and when you go to the website, because it'll it'll come up on like an MSN search. And so. I like to pull it up on the website itself so that I get the, the actual article. Well, you'll go to the website and you'll type in the full, like I'll, I'll just copy and paste the full headline and it's nowhere to be found. You have to like scroll out like seven or eight pages of search results to get the actual headline 
that you searched for on their on the website that it was published on. Like it's insane. And then if you refresh your your web browser, it disappears from the MSN uh, stream altogether. So it's like there's definitely a lot of suppression going on with like as soon it's like as soon as they figure out, oh shit, we shouldn't have posted that. Like it just gets uh, memory. Yeah, not to mention that they, you know, can rewrite their own headline in the same article so that if even if you have the headline copied, you know, in a note section or whatever, and you come back and you search that again, can't find it because they they'll try to be the first to put something out. They'll realize later on, oh, shit, we fucked up, you know, got the numbers. <laughs> we counted a little too high. And then they come in and they rewrite their own headline. And like, yeah, good luck. It's somewhere in there. But it's just like the all, Joe Rogan thing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, one of the like, things she was kind of making uh, emphasis on it was trying to rant. You know, started out with her own website, kind of getting throttled, and the 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 way that you're really not able to just randomly find blogs or whatnot anymore. So they're kind of, as you said, memory hold. And um, who's you guys have a blog? I'm sure Magoo, you have the Magoo blog, Jose, no way, Jose blog. Do people do blogs anymore? I've got a couple articles up on my uh, Patreon from forever ago, but yeah, that was, that's ancient history. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't write anything. Um, I can barely read. I do talking into a microphone because that's just the easiest path and podcasts are easier than writing nowadays. Yeah. And that beautiful is, radio voice. Yeah. I will say, I wish I had more time to write cause it's more of a time thing and it's a, and also it's a matter of I feel like when it comes to writing, it's harder to bring in the eyeballs. So like it's better to have some sort of established following before you delve into writing, I think, or some sort of platform from which to push it off of. So I mean, because I started uh, initially, I, I think I wrote a couple articles before I started podcasting or maybe it was around the same time. And I, I just found I didn't have the time for it because it was very time consuming. I enjoyed it a lot. It was very like immersive. You learn a lot. It's a good way to work through things. But yeah, it's like you you don't get any traction whatsoever. Uh, it's way it's way easier. Maybe not way easier, but it's easier to get make things move with podcasting. But I guess ideally, if like somehow someday in the future I ever get to the point where I'm not a wage slave or whatever, and I'm I'm like just you know mostly live off podcasting or other things as well. Sure, I totally get into writing. I think writing is really great, but it's a yeah, it's it's a hard game to get into. So that's how I actually got my start. Was I would I would write. So I did like a. I did a little blog. I would do an article about once a week just on random different stuff. Uh, mostly it was on my spiritual journey at that time in my life on my Facebook page. And then when I started really getting into the, a lot of political stuff and being more vocal about it, I would write these long posts about what was going on and nobody would read it. It would get nothing whatsoever. And then I could take that exact same post and read it in a video and have like a five to eight minute video of me explaining what I had written this big, long thing about. And it would get two, three, 400 views. It's like, okay, so writing, nobody reads. Everybody wants to get the quick fix and listen to something or, or watch something. So I just kind of, I kind of gave up on it, moved on. I do have a, I do have a sub stack that I intend to start writing on at some point in the next couple months. Once I kind of, decide what direction I want to go with it and and uh and all of that. But like I really like writing, but it's it just kind of became one of those things that it didn't feel like it was all that rewarding because there was no like just nobody read it. But yeah. 
Yeah, you have that a lot of that issue. You know, a lot of people make fun of podcasters being grifters and shit like that. And there is something to whatever you want to call grifting, but like I feel like it's even worse with writing to some extent because like you're really trying to get your uh, that shit in front of people's face, and they're really like basically trying not to. And it it really is a matter of trying to get on certain platforms. You do then have to start up hitting like certain uh, I don't say like Libertarian Institute or other uh, different uh, platforms to try to get them to carry your stuff, and then. So now you're kind of already e-begging, but it's, it's in some ways it's almost more cringe than the podcast e-begging. So, yeah. yeah and, the, <laughs> and the weird thing I've seen, and this is one case, so it's anecdotal, but it still tracks for what we're talking about, is uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the YouTube channel, The Hourly Struggle, that's put on by Joshua. Yeah, um, I, I know him. He's good stuff. Yeah. So he's no. got 526 subscribers on YouTube, and most of his videos are less than that but he has forty four thousand followers on tiktok and i'm in a chat with him and he talks about how the reach on tiktok is just astronomical compared to youtube facebook podcast any other normal method which is kind of odd because you know when tiktok came out that's all we heard was oh this is chinese spyware and um it's still very well could be and those numbers could be bullshit you know you you never know what you're actually dealing with on the other side of that screen as far as like you know are your numbers even real but i don't know i just found that to be very odd 526 to 44,000 is it it also matters what kind of material you're putting out because i i don't know if maybe josh has shifted up his content recently but i know back when i was like knew knew him a little bit more and also when i was following his stuff um i think i might still be subscribed to him he's very when it comes to like YouTube, he's very erratic when he puts out content. Mm-hmm. He will like, you know, he'll go months without doing it. And I mean, I'm not even like saying that to be bad to him. I'm just saying so far as building a following that's going to have issues. He has great videos. I'll give him that. He's really good. At that He's just not consistent. And then uh, from what I recall, and then uh, I mean, when it comes to something like TikTok, he's his his videos were usually like less like probably less than 15 minutes long on YouTube. Uh, they're more of like a short clips. They're not like these in-depth podcasts. So it's more tailored for something like TikTok. So yeah, I mean, it really is depends on what you're doing, but yeah. So go check comments. them out, by the way. Yeah, <clears throat> one uh, follow my podcast since we're not grifting. Follow, no. uh, but Jose, you you did a whole show earlier this year, uh, Dune. You checked out the movie or the book Dune, but you did it on a audio. Uh, that's just, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. So you know, writing it is. I, I've even found myself. My I don't know if it's all this stuff we have and the ability to first of all if instead of writing it it's much easier to just say it and you know put it on a podcast that's kind of what i wanted to do and that's where we're at uh so it's it's easier to do that than to write in it and have good sentence structure and all that <laughs> necessities that that follow along with that so um i've even found that myself i'm not reading as much you know i don't know if my attention span or what have you but it's uh it, it, the median of the the podcast and the youtube uh, you know, it just gets it out there. So tying that into Justin's whole theme here, which is the the government throttle. Well, no, is it the government throttling it or is it Google? And then um, I even one of my concepts I want to do later is the entanglement. There's a whole legal aspect of entanglement with government and private facilities, uh, you know, private organizations or what have you, and what constitutes government actors. And you know, there's a there's a legal standard for that. And I think that the the Googles and all these other ones, they have so much um, interaction and entanglement with the government that it's 
part of it is is that issue, right? There, there's throttleliness for a specific reason. And some of that is, you know, behavior and information. All right, I'd shut down the show too. No, no. Justin looked like no, he was right. about to say something. Well, yeah, okay, so, well, I was going to say something about the, like talking about the followers and stuff and, and is that manufactured, but then like Tyler, because there are, there are accounts that have like literally millions of followers, but they pay for them. And they talked about that in that video. Like there's a lot of stuff that they talked about in that video, like using followers and using that sort of stuff to influence people and to like move society and culture by, by manipulating and twisting numbers and just making it look like something's more popular than what it actually is. But you know, then to, uh, to Tyler's point, like, um, and then we'd look at that. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's kind of, <laughs> Let's take it and kind of uh, tie the things together because it, it all really does connect. Like it's it's government using its influence to manipulate numbers and to twist the narrative to create whatever they want to create. I, I mean, it's it's I, I think it said it in the video. Like they've taken 1984 to a level that George Orwell never could have even imagined. I I, I want to add to that real quick because uh, to. I guess not even necessarily pushback. I mean, it's more like another side of it. Uh, when it comes to like stuff like buying your views or buying your followers or whatever, uh, the the person with the good eye can tell. Um, say, for example, uh, with YouTube, uh, there's a certain uh, account. I'm not going to say the name because I actually like them. Uh, I don't have any problem with them. It's I, I, I get it. Uh, I think they bought subscribers. They also bought Twitter followers. And they've said it openly on streams for it, but I'm not going to say it. Just I don't Stapleton. Know, like, no, <laughs> I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. But um, and that wouldn't surprise me. But it, it's someone else. And they've had huge guests, like huge guests, like, uh, I don't know, Ian Miles Chong, Robert, Roger Stone, just shit like that. But then you look at the views and it's like ass. And you're like, dude, these are view. These are like guests that should be drawing in like thousands upon thousands of views, like even if you're a small show. So I don't know, to some extent, you can you can. Uh, you can manipulate things to, to a certain extent, but uh, I mean, the it's kind of like fighting the market. The market will kind of naturally bounce back in one way or another. And if you're a keen eye, you can kind of pick up on like, like uh, I mean, everyone's been on, we're all Twitter people. We all met on Twitter. You'll, you'll see an account that you're like, has tens of thousands of views, but then you look at their engagement, it's trash. And you immediately right. like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, go ahead and sorry. If Jared. you watch the, if you watch the video, she, she talks about some of this where, uh, all internet traffic. And I'm trying to remember the number. It was like 60 some percent, uh, was bots. Okay. So it, you're looking at 30 some percent is, is on, only human interaction, like high 30, yeah, you know, almost like 40%. 60, it was like 61% or 63%, something like that. Like it was low, low sixties, but still, I mean, it's the majority of internet traffic is bots. Makes sense. At least on Twitter, that seems to hold true. That's well, like, you're right. You can, you can find with, Twitter. Uh, I had a conversation with Remzo of, of uh, On the Run over at the We Are Libertarians Network. Give him a little plug since he pays me to also do some work. Also, a co-host for Mark Clare's comics podcast too. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. the better. That's the better of his ventures. But uh, so he and I talked about like they project that there will be more twitter followers than there are actual or more twitter accounts than there are actual human beings on the planet within a couple of years which i mean so getter, it makes sense basically getter. I mean, <laughs> it, it makes sense i mean how many of us have alts I, I i run at least uh, maybe seven accounts i'm not exactly sure but uh you know <laughs> we all have 
we all have multiple accounts. So that, that makes sense. But at the same time, like how many of those are, uh, how many of those are not real people and are actually creating this manufactured influence that we're talking about here? I got a question. <clears throat> so if you have an alt account and you've been kicked off a few times, so you decided I'm doing a VPN, I'm going to do this. Are you always making sure you're using the VPN every time? And do you have a different VPN for different accounts? I mean, this could be complicated. I'm, I'm concerned here. Anybody? No? Yeah. Once it gets to that level, that starts to sound like work. And I usually just like, tap out. <laughs> yeah. More than one account sounds like work. Yeah. But that's when you just let your daughter control your account, I guess. Yeah. I have one account. My last account got nuked. And like, I get, I don't trust tech that much. So like, part of me is like, I'm worried that if I made another account, like, for example, a Tower Power Hour Twitter account, they've been trying to get me into, they try, they've been trying to, not, I guess they haven't necessarily been trying to, but we've been, ta we've talked about getting all of the Tower Power Hour guys to have access to the account, Bill, you know, you know, jump in, do things here and there with the, uh, with the Tower Power Hour Twitter account. Uh, and I refuse to even go on it because of the fact I'm like too untrusting of tech that I'm worried that if I log out of my account, I may have like struggle to get back on. I don't even know my password or the email it's connected with or anything. So I'm just like, I'd rather just leave everything alone and just never get off this account until it gets nuked. And then I'll make a new one instead of having to do this, all this alt, gay ass alt shit. So I mean, that's just because I'm a the, weird tech person. So I'm trying who to runs the uh, power power TikTok page? We have a TikTok? I don't, I don't know. Oh, I, I, I should. I've been saying for a while we should. I downloaded TikTok <laughs> for like a day because I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on there. I'm going to like I, mostly with like Tower Power because I know my show, it probably isn't really that suited for um, it probably isn't really that suited for like TikTok. But like Tower Power Hour, if you got clips from it, very suited for TikTok. I mean, I don't know how how bad they yeah. are about banning stuff. I mean, obviously, you might have to bleep some shit, but um, like it would be really good on TikTok, but I got on there for like a day and I was like, this is fucking cancer. And I like, like, I get it. Like I would just be in there and drop videos, but I could, I just couldn't even be on there. Cause it was just like, it was just, I felt so fucking dumb swiping through like 15 <laughs> second long videos or whatever the hell they are. Like, I, I don't know. I just, it feels like, like that's like what the inside workings of my brain are and trying to organize it. But then you like, then also add that onto like a, a fucking app. Like, I don't need that. It's like my brain duplicated. I struggle enough to keep my fucking brain together that works like that as opposed to an additional fucking platform that operates sort of like my brain does. So, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. mean, maybe I'm the only ADD guy here. So, like, it's like it's just too much for me. TikTok, <laughs> TikTok is the Adderall of social media. I mean, it's so I can do I can do TikTok on my desktop because I've got it set where it goes straight to my profile and then I can search for stuff and like find the videos that I want to watch. But if I try to pull TikTok up on my phone, I shut, I close it immediately because it, it just, it just straight out the gate starts playing shit. And I'm like, I don't want any of this go away. So I, I like, I don't even, I don't even use it on my phone unless somebody like the only reason I have it on my phone is if somebody sends me a TikTok that I can click it and it'll open the app and take it straight to that video. And then as soon as that video is over, I close it because I don't want anything else to do with it. No, no. I just realized what it is. It, it literally is tiktok like going through tiktok videos is the exact feeling of the inside of my brain when i was a child and i didn't quite have control of my add yet <laughs> when it was just like going fucking haywire that is what fucking uh that is what tiktok is like a, a physical representation like looking at it and i hate it, it. for me it, it reminds me of like when i was on myspace and then i went to facebook and i felt like i cleansed myself a little bit i don't know 
it was just it was a little more unruly over there. And I felt Facebook was a little more adultish. So I just stay away from TikTok, although my daughter sends me stuff every once in a while. Um, your Prax Ben that you had on, he has said he had 100,000 some followers. I mean, mm. it sounds like we're doing, <laughs> we're doing everything wrong if we're trying to reach people. Yeah, but I mean, you listen to Magoo. He just pointed out that uh, like the hourly struggle guy, he has however many. Uh, Josh Ferguson is his name. Uh, I hope he's. Forty. Sla- pretty yeah, sure he's announced his last name, so I hope I didn't just like dox him. But um, I don't think I did. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he's open about that. But uh, yeah, you pointed out his subs compared to his like TikTok thing. So it's like you know, platform to platform. I mean, yeah. Like I don't, I don't really know what all that really means when you, especially for something where it's like a. 15 second clips or whatever how much can you how much value can you really extract out of a hundred thousand followers or whatever the hell because you're like you know like what content are they really getting out of you what are you getting out of them are these people are really going to offload from that platform to another platform there's a whole host of things so it's like yeah it sounds you know blingy when you something like cracks the algorithm you got names get a lot of followers or whatever but i mean what really does that mean i don't know i'm not even really trying to hate maybe that does mean a lot i have no idea i haven't fucked no. TikTok. So. You, you have a good point because i wouldn't be successful on tiktok anyway so i mean it, it takes a certain talent of certain type of people to do stuff like that is he showing no. his dick <laughs> no no i mean <laughs> i haven't spent enough time on it to to hey. <laughs> tell you 100 percent yes or no but i doubt it i will say this though is that the the engagement on tiktok seems to be even higher than twitter because on every single one of his videos, there's just hundreds of comments and he tries to reply to all of them. And I'm just like, God love you, man. Like you're going to kill yourself trying to, you know, interact with all these people. And it's just um, it's just as toxic and miserable as any other place on the Internet where it's just people constantly shouting, especially if you have it like an opinion based platform, which we all basically do, where we're not even saying that we're right we're just saying uh i think this is bullshit and this is what i think instead and then it's just going to get littered with at least in twitter kind of seems like it's its own like little microverse of okay liberty minded kind of people and there doesn't seem to be a lot of like you know uh wear the mask take the jab eat the bug type people coming into most of y'all's replies that at least that i've seen they pretty much stay in their own corner but on tiktok it's, it's a fucking wide open well i think it's all how you curate your at least for for twitter as an example right if you're only following like so yes that's correct uh, i have i have a few t- uh, twitter accounts and early on i got on like ground floor when it first started and i had i was into cycling and, and racing stuff so i was had a, an account just for that and then i made one just for politics because i just wanted to keep them both separate and if i post anything like i do on the cycling side that i do on the Twitter on the the Liberty side, I get a lot of hate and a lot of interaction and I could post all kinds of crazy stuff on the Liberty side and it's just likes and retweets. (laughs) (laughs) So it kind of depends on how you're, you're, you're viewing that. And, and, and so maybe TikTok's algorithm itself allows for you to be seen by more people. I don't know. Um, you know, back to the video, I I don't want to derail this, but, um, of keeping us on topic, but, uh, one thing that made me think about, you know, we, before the internet, there was, you know, the fall of uh, newspapers and, and there's all this. And now there's the internet and the internet's going down and it's the fall of that. But there's, as long as we are able to a- innovate and do stuff, who knows what's next? So I, I get to be fearful and to, to be concerned about this, but I don't know. I mean, uh, something wonderful that we don't even have a, a thought of uh, could be coming next because this wasn't uh, on my radar when I was in high school. Yeah, yeah no, no, you're... 
sorry, you're, you're definitely right. I mean, one example, and I'm not even saying this will necessarily play out, is, uh, I mean, things shift. I don't necessarily think this is the death of the internet or whatever. I think things will shift. Like, for example, I know DuckDuckGo kind of went, you know, bitched out, but, you know, and you know what, the market immediately reacted. I'm like, I don't know what their bottom dollar was, but they were, they got trashed. So immediately people were like, the only, you know, thing they had going for them, they threw down the, the, the toilet. So basically they left it wide open for someone else to come in and take their place. But the the point, what I meant to actually bring up and I got sidetracked was uh, the whole Elon thing with Twitter. Like, uh, I mean, shit, even something like Twitter is kind of going down their drain. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I know there's so many people who are like, oh, well, fuck Elon or he's not going to do this or that's not going to happen. And you know what? You might be right. But there's also it just kind of is to demonstrate a point that something like this could happen that then shifts the tides. So, like, yes, you can have things looking bleak in other places and then. You know, he Elon legit daddy Elon could come in and fucking save the day for Twitter. And that could shift the things another way, you know, kind of breathe new life into Twitter. And, you know, then I mean, eventually I know it'll probably go back to shit again uh, anyways, one way or another, just judging by how large platforms work. This is just how it works out. But you know what? It might breathe a second life into it, which may like work out in one way or another, you know, and give it time for some other platform to build up in the meantime. I don't know. If, so. if the short history of the internet is any indication, everything eventually turns itself to shit one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, something takes over. And then usually yeah. it's something somewhat better in one way or another or multiple things that are better at different aspects. Well, there's a couple things that I always think about and bring up is that technology always seems to be ahead of the curve, um, especially when it's new, until everyone kind of get their hands around it and narratives get written. And then the regulation and then the crackdown comes in. It seems to happen that way cyclically. Because if you think about how we interacted with the Internet 20 years ago, it was nothing but Yahoo and AOL. Who the fuck is using either one of those now? And does AOL even exist? Same thing with like uh, the biggest companies 30, 40 years ago is like Xerox and Kodak. You know, they're out of fucking business. Radio Shack and all these other monstrous, you know, everybody wanted to shit on Walmart in the 90s because it was putting out mom and pop stores. And, you know, there's an argument for that. but Nobody's even talking about Walmart now. It's all Amazon. Amazon didn't even exist. So just to build on the point that was just made, things come and go. And especially in the technologically or the technic, the Twitter sphere, the Internet words, um, it's always going to be ahead of whatever regulations they're going to have coming down for, it because eventually people are going to integrate and use it. And then it's going to do things that, you know, the elite or whatever don't like and then they're going to find a way or try to work on a way to stop that and i think that's just what we're seeing now at this moment in time with DuckDuckGo. yeah uh, kind of to build off of or to make it i just heard the other day that there's one kmart store left in the u.s no shit well first of all why would there be one but um yeah remember uh, good old days i mean they were they were flying high so it's going the way of blockbuster yeah whenever they're gonna make a documentary about the last kmart Right, maybe. So Twitter, I would, I would say, if you guys are into investing, buy buy some puts or maybe a spread, puts and calls, and you get the upside on downside or neither one. Um, but I'm I'm actually betting that that they're going to turn him down because it's not going to be to their favor, and then the stock's going to take a tump a dump when he uh, when he sells liquidates everything. Well, not only that, but when the shareholders, you know. You're, the whole point of having shareholders is you you work on behalf in the best interest of your shareholders and not taking a buy option at an amount that's higher than it's actually evaluated. You're going to piss off your shareholders. And so 
again, kind of echoing what Jose said, I have no idea if this is going to be the big daddy Elon coming in, swooping in, saving the internet. About it, but it is interesting because it does expose immediately um, the actual true intent behind those that are in control of Twitter now, with how hard the reading was, and they they expose themselves, which is not surprising, and it's more just fun for people like us to look at and be like, "This is what we've been fucking talking about, people. These, this is why they are uh, what up. This is why they are the people's enemy." Um, yeah. So no. If nothing else, he exposed that. Yeah, I totally and, and agree. To, to lay into that point a little bit too, you look at things like, I mean, this isn't the same exact thing with Elon and Twitter, but you look at something like Odyssey and YouTube, the more YouTube fucks around, the more that Odyssey finds out. So like, I mean, so with something like Elon, like if they want to, if they, if they want to fuck around, like it, it, it is just sending a signal to the world that like a, it, in a certain sense, it's a giant market signal to the world that like, Hey, something should fill this slot. And, you know, over time, something very well may, I mean, shit, it'd be awesome if, who knows, maybe social or truth, so, uh, truth social, whatever the hell Trump's thing is, comes in and saves a day or whatever. I'd be all for it. I don't care. Like, I'm not like big Trump stand, but I'd be all, all for that. That'd be pretty awesome, in my opinion, if somehow that worked out. Probably won't, but it'll probably be something else. Who knows? But, I mean, point is just more just like stake your, uh, you probably ought to have your feet in multiple places or whatever the, the expression I mean, is. This could be the uh, the Elon Musk Jack Dorsey brainchild, because uh, Jack seems to kind of be on on Elon's side on this. Did you see the mm-hmm. uh, he he kind of lit in on the uh, on the Twitter board for not or for for all of their pushback on the whole thing. That we're kind of taking the conversation away from the video, but mm-hmm. I mean it it's along the same lines because you do see the censorship you do see the control of the narrative on exactly the same level just on that you know the microcosm of twitter that you see it on youtube and all of the google bing yahoo all the big search engines like it's it's there just on a you know a a more condensed level yeah and i guess uh if there's a white pill if we're gonna get into the pill color denomination talk you know, one of the biggest complaints I have with centrists is that their patience and willingness to go along with the narrative is quite elastic. And they're willing to go along with things for much longer than any of us would like. And I think that they've I think that they've been pushed, you know, the narrative, the the Overton window, or whatever, has been pushed so far in one direction that that pendulum is always going to swing back. Uh, is it going to swing back to where I want it? Probably not. But then again, if I said how far I wanted to swing, I'd probably get nuked off the Internet. Um but I think that this is just a self-correct that, yeah, you got to go through like seven years, at least an in internet time of it just getting pushed so far one direction that eventually, and another thing is none of us are, you know, uh, in Gen Z, uh, you know, we're all much older than that, I guess. But they're, they grew up in the time of like all this woke bullshit. And from what I've seen, sure, you're always going to have some people that just go with the flow, but there's a lot of resistance with a lot of kids that are just now coming into college that, you know, they think everything's bullshit. Um, and they grew up watching Trump and say what you will about Trump, but those kids are likely going to be the next Elon Musk, the next Jack, Jack Dorsey's or whatever. So again, just echoing the previous point, we have no idea what's coming next. It could be based as hell. And I'm, I'm here for that. So, and to that point, I, I actually, I read an article about this, I don't know. It's been about a year ago talking about the Gen Zers and uh, like 
kind of the different mentality because they've effectively been raised post uh, 2008, like housing bubble crash, recession, everything that's been going on. And so they have a, a much different view of the world and to some extent, a more pessimistic view of the world. Like for all of us, uh, you know, we, we range from, I think late twenties to early fifties and who the fuck is late twenties. <laughs> oh, are you in your thirties? Jose? I have a 12 year old and a nine year old. <laughs> yeah, I'm 30. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, I mean, for our, our audience watching too, that's late twenties. I mean, they're all more or less in our age range. I don't think I've got any zoomers watching this show. Um, so like, but they've come up in this recession era. And so they're a little more, uh, a little more pessimistic about things. Whereas, you know, we came up in a time when all of this was new and fresh. And so like, yeah, we saw the dot-com bubble burst and we saw nine 11, but those were like, speed bumps along the way to just this rapid you know upward acceleration of everything whereas what they've seen is the housing bubble crashed and everything has been to whatever extent uh you want to call it turmoil for the last 14 years 12 years something like that so like here we are, and that's the world that they live in so they look at it a lot different and they aren't as on board with all the woke bullshit as what a lot of Unfortunately, our pampered, like, pussy ass generation is. I, I think, I think our generation may be the problem, or at least not, maybe not, maybe not us, but the later end of our generation. Hang on, I gotta go shoot a dog. Apparently, <laughs> could have sworn live, it was my live dog. Stream it. <laughs> now we I, must I, do banter in the meantime <laughs> well you know just just remember those same kids that were calling you uh, well i don't know how what level of language justin would let me have on here but those same kids that were calling you a fag in the call of duty lobbies yeah. uh they're in their 20s now <laughs> and i don't think that they give a fuck about all this censorship bullshit i mean it's i, I mean you can't say... really say go ahead yeah if you want to go you go. I don't have anything. Okay, to say. I'll, I'll say that, and then you can you can make it better sounding. Some of this, though, I I've seen this with my own kids, and, and so you know, you when I grew up, um, you know, your teachers are respected, and so since you should listen to them and not in, you know get in trouble. By the way, I got I went to a private school and I got spanked in third and seventh grade. Okay, so I was not a, a, an obeyer, a listener. Um, so and I was a good kid. I skipped sixth grade because I was just bored and. Point is, but you listen to the teachers and they were always right. And I even had problems with my my parents about, like, you know, you listen to the teachers. Well, I've made my kids think differently about that. And then you get in the world of Trump and the GOP, the, at least the right-leaning side, which is always condemning basically public education. You have kids that start to go through school, some of them, I and mean, maybe half of them at least, that start to think that the teachers aren't the be-all, end-all, and they're not respecting them as much which I think is an important factor, a, a hope, really, when you come out of this. Now, you may have some chaos because of this, but in the end, you may have your unwillingness to just believe everything that's being spoon-fed to you, you know, the news, the fake news, as an example. Well, that's an authority figure. That's your teacher. And and when your teacher isn't thought, thought of as super wise, which they shouldn't. If you ever, uh, uh, Thomas Sowell and um, Walter E. Williams talked about a study once that they, and they did or they, they were part of, 
where um, teachers were the low end of the graduates in all parts of education. So they're not the biggest and the brightest. You know, if you have a, an engineering degree or something, you may go and teach at MIT. But for the most part, you're the low end. You're a PE teacher. No offense to PE teachers, uh, but you're or you're, you're elementary school teacher. You're just not the biggest and brightest. So those are the ones that are kind of getting through this anyway. If it filters in through your kids and they start to push back on this, uh, they start to question it themselves and the teacher says something, they may go, well, what about this? My kids do that. And then, I mean, they get in trouble. But anyway, that's my yeah. thought on that. One of the good things, even in this day and age of, you know, heavy, heavily curated search results and faulty research numbers and all that stuff is that it still hasn't stopped the skepticism, like the overall trust of official news sources is at an all-time low. I don't think it's ever been lower because, like I said, technology, this is all still pretty new compared to like the old model that we've still been building off of. It's really only been 10 years, maybe, since we've kind of been in this more digital age. And a, a natural reaction to that is that people just don't trust shit. Like, I don't even know how CNN's still on the air uh, because they don't have, you know, any following. Uh, uh, to speak of a lot of the manipulation we talked about earlier is how they are because they uh youtube will put them in the top of the search results stuff like that and but to play to my point that i said earlier it's like you can only manipulate things so much there is like an, a, a thing underlying it the organic how things you know should work you know supply demand whatever you know actual people physical people be looking for this content that will over time uh win out and uh you know they are literally hanging by a thread and all they are doing is being held up by the uh, the the old guard, really, the, or or I guess the new guard, but the uh, the old guard aspects of it, if that makes sense. Uh, well, but yeah, no, CNN, they're good. This CNN Plus experiment, I think, is kind of really telling about you know on that topic is really telling about the the legitimate popularity of CNN because they were absolute. Uh, it's kind of reminiscent of the 2016 uh, election. If you want to kind of buy into the everything's been rigged for uh decades and in 2016 they just didn't think there was a reason to rig it so which is something that i i kind of buy into but with the with the cnn plus thing but they were convinced that they were going to have literally millions of subscribers to this like within months of launch mm -hmm. and uh they've got less subscribers than most Lions of Liberty episodes get downloads. So like they're they're sucking pretty hard right now. Not like not trying to belittle Lions of Liberty. They give me money every month. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate that. I paid for this whole beautiful setup here. Uh but like I mean for a mainstream news outlet to be getting less subscribers than what a you know a random Liberty podcast gets downloads, that's pretty bad. Here's the thing, I mean, Dave if, if if okay. I was seeing Mark Claire videos in my airport terminal, then you can talk shit all you want. <laughs> but well, but it's interesting. Dave, Dave was just talking about this, or Robbie was, where they were comparing CNN. I think it was uh, one of the shows, and that Dave's show totally outdoes them, right? Just on downloads and views daily, it's just out of control. Yet, you know, what's her name with the short hair, the manly lady there? Um, she gets you know thirty million a year, and I doubt Dave does or Mark Claire. Oh yeah, Meadows or whatever her name is. No, what's her name? She's real big on Russia. Fuck, Meredith, you got to narrow this down. We got three goats. That's here. 
you're asking too broad of questions here. I know who you're talking about too. I just can't remember her name. She looks like a complete lesbian. I I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, kind of skinny bro. Rachel Maddow. Maddow. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, her and like Joy Reid, that whole thing. I don't know who's watching that shit, but I think the well, people uh, that are watching it are diehards. Like at what point? Yeah, and, and a lot of uh, airports. At what point does it? become like the newspaper where it's just dying out and it's, you know, Joe Rogan, it's podcast. Cause, or are they going to, you know, the S, uh, FCC is going to come in in some sort of regulations for that. I mean, they can only do so much. I mean, uh, not to can keep bringing it back to Twitter, but, uh, and I guess it kind of ties in what we're talking about. I saw it just, uh, I think yesterday, Jack, maybe it was even today, Jack, uh, yeah, tweeted something. I can't remember what. Stelter uh, put out some uh, article and like commented on it, saying something about uh friggin' um Tucker Carlson and how all he does is peddle doubt, and like which I mean for one, if you're that's not a bad thing. If you're a or, or doubt, I guess doubt is kind of almost similar to saying being skeptical. Uh, I mean doubt is just kind of putting a negative connotation on it. But anyways, point being, and then Jack replied to it saying something like, "And what are you guys peddling? Hope?" Kind of being sarcastic. Yeah. And he had something ridiculous, like 12,000 likes, uh, insane amount of quote tweets, like retweets. And Stelters, even with that, like further engagement, had like 250 likes. And like this was after getting the jack boost of the engagement. It was insane. And like, I mean, if, if, if Jack had never commented, it probably would have been like a sub 200 like tweet, which I mean, for any one of us in here, that's a dope tweet. But for anyone who has over... 10, anyone who has an organic following that has over, I don't know, five to 10 K followers, that is trash. Like, uh, um, like my buddy, uh, Clint, Clint Russell, like he has like 30 K followers and, and he says all the time that he like, he pretty much deletes any tweet that gets under hundred likes. And it's very rare that it ever does. He probably could tweet poop and it would get like 300 likes, like just cause of the amount of followers he has. But then I would like it from, like, I would like it from my account and my alts. I'd boost yeah. the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, you look at the the powers that be, you know, the stelters or whatever, and you look at their engagement, and it's trash. But then you have people who have actual organic engagement, you know, like be it Dave Smith, uh, I brought up Clint, other people like that, and you look at their engagement, and it and it follows, and you're like, well, that's organic. Whereas, you know, like even with the stelters of the world, and the, even with the establishments trying to to hold them up, they're still floundering, and it's pitiful. So. I'm looking at the tweet. It's uh, well, he says Tucker Carlson is always selling the same thing. Comma P bump says he's selling doubt. And you're right. It's a uh, eleven hundred one thousand one seventy eight likes. A few hundred quotes. Uh, one thirty six quote tweets. Tweets. Jeez. One seventy three tweets. Retweets. And um, Jack's is you know triple. I mean, it's forty two thousand likes. It's not a huge engagement, but you're right. He is should be bumping him up, and that's pathetic for a you know be all end all CNN ombudsman type guy. So yeah. Well, and the really crazy thing is when you, if you go through and you look at those quote tweets, I'd say 70% of them are people making fun of him or yeah. people who are reposting what he said to, to mock him or something like it. So it, like even that engagement is kind of, uh, it's kind of misleading because if you just look at it and it's like, oh, he's got all these like retweets and quote tweets. And then when, but then when you go start looking at the quote tweets, it's like everybody's just bagging on this dude left and right. It's that's fucking hilarious to me. Uh, 
Well, I just clicked on it and it's the first one said, the fuck did I see? The next one's like, look at this potato head. It's <laughs> you're right. It's bad. Yeah. yeah. And, and these aren't through. just like and these aren't just the people that I follow that are like quote tweeting it saying that. Like it's just like random ass accounts that I've never seen before. Like it's it is really hilarious. I that's anytime I see one of those and I see that it has like a really high like it if it has like a mediocre like number, but it has a really high retweet, I'm like, oh, they are totally going after this motherfucker. Like this is gonna be good. And and it always is. Like it never disappoints. Yeah, it's fun. Do you do you follow the you guys are more Twitter uh, appropriate than me. I mean, into it than me. So is the the ratio, is that really a, a huge notifier that you just suck? Because I'm sure I, I ratio myself all the time. And is that just a big <laughs> indicator that, that um, tweet sucks? Or Well, yeah, it's, the, the proper reaction to a, to a uh, ratio is seppuku. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, because bots can automatically like stuff but i don't know how much bots are messaging or commenting and if they are they're usually like seven words and it's just quick and it's a one-liner and you can tell that there's no thought in it. it's just like oh totes agree oh my god so amazing you know whatever kind of dumb shit but when there's three times as many or more comments than likes and they're all like go fuck yourself you fat piece of shit it's like i'm pretty sure that was a person <laughs> i don't know if they're putting bots out there that's gonna be talking shit against the the narrative but who knows you know maybe bots are getting more based we can hope okay we talked about this on the morning show a few weeks ago maybe a couple months ago at this point have y'all seen the replica thing replica what's that explain okay so it's replica is Basically, it's like your imaginary best friend, only it's oh, actually yeah. an internet imaginary best friend that you get to tailor and create, and then you can just like talk to it, and it and you have like text conversations back and forth. Um, there's also there's also a, a lot of examples, hilarious examples, of <clears throat> people training their replica because it, it it functions as an AI, so it just has a like a more or less natural conversation. But people are like coaxing it into becoming incredibly like alt right or becoming really <laughs> neo Nazi ish, um, and then there are other things where like dudes are creating like a a replica girlfriend and then just like verbally abusing it over and over again. Like it's it's pretty hilarious. But you don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen this. No. Do we, do we lose him? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Justin, are you a bot? Please respond. <laughs> Can oh, did I cut out? For like a split second. Yeah. Oh. Well, but I that... do live like out in the middle of nowhere with uh, some pretty sketchy internet. So that happens from time to time. I think you got your point. So out, is this though. like the, uh, the the movie? Is it her? Is that the, the AI? Yeah. No? Yeah. I remember that. Um, the house was all AI. Scarlett Johansson, yeah, freaking uh, jo- Joaquin Phoenix. I gotta say, yeah. he actually did a really good job performing in that uh, that sh- that movie. Although it was a very weird, creepy premise, but yeah, that's all I have to say on that. <laughs> I mean, you know, AI, uh, even video games. Like I, I used to play them in college, and I don't anymore because, for whatever reason, um, 
I, I brag about my life that I have I have one rather than I don't. But you know, people I, and I just kind of moved away from that. And so this AI stuff, while I'm still involved in technology, it just doesn't interest me as much. And I think it's more of um, you know, sad men that can't get laid, perhaps. Um, that's what drives a lot though, right? You know, the market uh wants to make uh some lonely guy not lonely and he's got money sitting in his mom's bathroom or, or bedroom and or basement. <laughs> I don't know where. So um that, that could be what drives a lot of the AI. So to me, it's not as, as interesting um, or I'm not as interested in it, but I see the downfalls of that because I do have boys, sons, <laughs> and I'm a little concerned about them. I don't know. I'm not too worried about all that nonsense so far as like that side of things. Because to be honest, as, as misogynistic as this may sound, if you're at a point where you're genuinely worried you're going to be taken over by robots, well, maybe step up your fucking game. I don't know what to tell you. No. Like, uh, <laughs> right. you know, <laughs> like this is, if anything, you know, we've been complaining about for decades about how like women have it so easy. And you're like, okay, well, fucking reverse Uno here. So, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, you got to bring something to the table here. <laughs> so, I um, mean, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. I play bring it on. I mean, I'm already married, so I don't care, but <laughs> yeah. Or uh, integrate it into your own thing and be the master of your own technology. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back around to the original video content that we were, have been talking about. And I'm actually going to pull it up and by God, if, if I have any amount of luck whatsoever, uh, my janky ass internet will cooperate with me and I'll actually be able to play this little portion of the video and it'll come through well and you'll all see it and hear it. So <laughs> I like your subtle it. plug for Tyler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say something about that too. <laughs> I just happened to have been watching it earlier. Here we go. Let's see how this works out. What my question is leading to is help us understand where's the future of search going. Well, when, when you use Google, um, do you get more than one answer? Of course you do. Yeah. Well, that's a bug. Yeah. Because we, we should be able to give you the right answer just once. We should know what you meant, and we should, and we should never be. So who owns Intel? I, I thought that was, I thought that was kind of scary. Like, I mean, that is like that is an incredibly, like going beyond anything Orwell could have imagined. Like, we don't want you to use your search engine to find <laughs> all of the possible answers. We want to give you the right answer. Who determines what the right answer is? Uh, I mean... Google. I'm going to need more context here. Who are those people? Do you know? Uh, that was the Google uh, CEO or one of those guys, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like he was like yeah. an early CEO of Google. Okay, because I could see a smooth brain take. I mean, it is definitely concerning, but I could see like an uneducated take or like a someone who's trying to look smarter than they are uh, have that take of like, well, we should be able to process all the information and give you exactly what you want. It's like the idea that you would ever be able to get to that point where you could off of a few keywords be able to completely determine. I mean, maybe you could say that's part of why they get your information from, you know, Facebook, whatever, et cetera. You'd be able to tailor it specifically to what you want but yeah it's a little ridiculous uh i mean i, I guess to, to give him the benefit of the doubt maybe that's kind of what he meant that we're going to take in so much information from so many different places that we'll know exactly what you mean and maybe not necessarily this i mean that is orwellian in a way but in another way it's 
it's not the kind of Orwellian we're getting at where it's like, you know, we're giving you your answer. It's more like he's he could be saying that what we mean is if we get enough information to input in that we can give you exactly what you want. You shouldn't have other. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just me steel manning it, I guess, a little bit. But it definitely I lean towards he's being creepy. Yeah, so. the the inferred goal that he's mentioning is that we will know you better than yourself. Mm-hmm. And so then that kind of that kind of, you know, takes away any responsibility of the individual and it becomes more dependent, which obviously we're all very technologically independent, um, more so than we ever have been. And they're they are there to provide that service, which now becomes, you know, it's it's almost a utility at this point, which is exactly what they want. I mean, what better business model could you have than to ingratiate yourself into society to where they can't function without you? And anytime that that happens and there's that level of power, control and manipulation, I mean, I, the normal skeptics um, and there's always going to be skeptics are immediately going to be pushing against that. Yeah. So <clears throat> earlier today, I was on with. Uh on Outlawed Thoughts. It's Chumley or Leighton Radner's uh, podcast. And, and I meant, made this, and it ties in here, which is in the Anarchist Handbook, you know, uh, Jose did this one, uh, Hasness, right? In his book, uh, he's a law professor. And for me, as, a, as a, when I went through law school, he brings up an issue and there's someone on the left and someone on the right, and they can both find all the research to support their point of one way or the other. So the problem with him is there's not a definitive answer for everything. You've got multitude of answers. You've got two sides of the issue all the time that you can justify. It's a little obviously creepy when, you know, one person on the internet is basically saying, we're going to find that one specific answer. Well, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not AI myself. And, and as an example, as I'm, uh, we're talking here, I'm on Twitter and someone posts this thing. Let's see how Google would answer this with one answer. How can I get my boyfriend to stop digging his tunnel? I mean, that, is, there, is there any one right answer to that important question that that young lady is posing? I don't think so. Well, that's like, I, I was trying to think of it. And like, typically, when I search for something, I'm not looking for a specific thing. Like, if I am looking for a specific thing, then it's, I copied and pasted the thing that I'm looking for. But even yeah. then... Even then, like it'll give you a, an, an arrangement or a, a like an arrangement of different things related to that thing. And I usually end up looking at half a dozen of those. I, uh, Johnny and I were when I recorded today's peddling fiction with him, uh, I've I have closed some out. I realized I had gotten out of hand. Um, but at the time, I had 26 different tabs open for stuff that I had articles I was looking at, um, news sites I was perusing videos I was I was watching like whenever I type in a search on on one of these search engines I'm not looking for any one particular thing like who who is looking for that one answer like you're looking for the things that might get you to an answer that's somewhere out there that you're you're searching for like that's that's why you know when they say they're going to give you the singular answer to your question or to your search like that's that's why that kind of freaks me out a little bit because I don't know what I don't know what the top five answers are to my search. Yeah, unless it's you know uh, how many Holocaust victims 
etc cetera, etc cetera. even then we, we don't know here's we know six the million articles <laughs> we know the exact number to a t it perfectly rounded out don't worry about it but if you go to page right. 49 of the search results it's it tops out at about uh 500 by the yeah. way i why we were when we first were talking i did her um sample with uh google uh, the the search thing with climate change Climate and and it she's exactly right. It's exactly what happened. I, you go to the next page, next page. So you get to the end, and it's only four hundred twenty results that they end up putting up out of so many billion. Uh, I tried DuckDuckGo, but they don't have that search number. But you could keep going more results, and I definitely didn't go billions before I got to the end. So it's kind of yeah. interesting. And similarly with uh, Brave, I have Brave on my laptop and on my phone, <laughs> and I tried it on Brave's beta search engine, and it was only one page. And it was maybe 50 results. And there wasn't even a second page or any of that. And I was looking at what uh, she was showing as far as her search results on Google. And they were mostly the same. So I, I know a lot of people are championing the Brave search engine. But maybe it does better on some searches than others. But I, it's definitely not there yet. It's, there's no silver bullet to, to answer the Google question. And so I am willing to give Brave uh, something of a pass at this point because it is more or less in its infancy. Um, is can you even get Brave on on the web browser yet, or is it still exclusively on um, on mobile? Oh no, I've I had it on my laptop well before I had it on my phone, and I've had Brave. I've been using Brave for at least two years, maybe longer, and it was all a result of when Trump was in office and how everything was getting nuked um, and suppressed and words were getting changed and even news clips and audio clips of him were highly curated. And, you know, I was just naturally curious and, you know, I guess that's what puts me in the Liberty sphere is that I'm a, I'm a constant uh, contrarian skeptic, whatever you want to call it. So I was like, this can't be right. And I heard, from another podcast that was talking about, oh, dude, if you're not on Brave browser yet, then what the fuck are you doing? And I, that was the first I'd ever heard of it. So I downloaded it immediately. And to this point, much like DuckDuckGo was 10 years ago, it's it's great. But just as anything will grow and be, get big enough, eventually it will have to likely succumb to some level of pressure. Yeah, I've been oh, using it for a few years that. as well. Yeah, I like the Brave movie. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> all i have to say <laughs> but did you, did you get any brave tokens from it i uh i don't even know i think so i've never well, checked i do I, I think i had posted up to justin i've got like 40 bucks i've made over the last two years or so using it so so the guy that i do the one uh, the morning show with clyde he he swears by brave he's been using it for some years now and he said he's made about 500 bucks total on the tokens and stuff but i mean that's he 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 is a like true grifter like y'all y'all have y'all have no idea so like that makes sense he's he's playing like he's figuring out any way he can to game the system and and maximize off of it he said that like any more clicking just going through and clicking on on ads doesn't get you as much as what it used to so that like that tells you everything you need to know about the way he's been <laughs> running this thing but uh yeah so i mean it does have and it does have its own like you can get you can get a VPN through it. Um, it has its own crypto that you can set up. So there are a lot of interesting options with Brave. And uh, as soon as I saw the thing come out about DuckDuckGo um, 
like I'd, I'd heard it. I knew DuckDuckGo was going in that direction for the last few months. But as soon as it like really became prevalent, like this is this wasn't just like rumblings and like little bullshitty stuff, but like they're they're for real going the way of of a Google or a Bing. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and download the the Brave browser, and I, I have been infinitely more pleased with it than I was with the the standard Safari on my phone and and any other browser I've used. Uh, like on on the on the desktop, I'm still trying to wean myself off of Microsoft Edge because I do have a lot of the stuff that I do for all the different podcasts kind of built into uh, Edge. So it's tough to break away from that just because of the the ease for, for works, work-related stuff. But I'm trying to move in that direction. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty easy. It, I think it took me maybe an hour or two at most. Uh, because all of my saved tabs or whatever, I just I just opened up both browsers, same screen, and just copied over the URLs, set it up identically, deleted Safari, and never looked back. So you can probably get it done in an afternoon, easy. Well, it's based on Chrome. Sorry to get technical here. It's based on the Chromium that has a Chromium background, which is Google, you know, all their stuff. So if you use the Google search um, Chrome it'll actually sync everything directly over without any problem. You just kind of log it and boom, it's there. So for, for me, it was super easy. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's where the new internet is going. Mm-hmm. Well, so guys, there's, still, I wanna, there's still hoop out there. Sorry. I want to yeah. be respectful of y'all's evenings. I know it's uh, for Jose and, and Magoo. Y'all are over on the Eastern time zone, so it'll start getting light here for y'all pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Tyler, it's still daylight sunlight. over there, so I don't know still what sunlight you're... out there. Yeah, you get, you still got time to drink, but uh, he, he can I'm... still go get a bike ride in. <laughs> I, I I could, except for I've been pounding this stuff. <laughs> That's the best time to do it, and then you have to be more focused so you don't fall over and. Like, you know, I last year I actually uh, I, I drank a little bit and then decided to go do a quick ride, and I almost fell in front of these girls. Long story, it was embarrassing. Hit my nuts on the top too, but well, uh, it won't happen again. <laughs> fuck yeah well guys give all your plugs and everything and uh i appreciate y'all joining me for this i i think i think we covered a lot of ground and i I think we talked about stuff that like especially for like the average person who may not think about this sort of stuff on a regular basis like um i've actually already gotten a couple messages from people who have ducked in and watched for 20 30 minutes just to see what we were talking about who said like this is stuff that i never would have thought about and didn't realize was going on so like we're we we are at least talking about stuff that you know is getting some attention. Hopefully people start waking up to this and paying attention to this stuff more going forward. So uh, I really appreciate y'all joining me tonight. Give your plugs and uh, we'll get out of here. You guys go. I'll go yeah. first since I'm least significant. Uh, Tyler Yonke, T Y L E R J A N K E on Twitter. Um, watch these guys' shows, all of them. Um, Magoo, you just did something. Is it uh, Dexter related? Your last episode? Uh, yeah. yeah okay, so. I'll check it out. Jose like is great. Uh, huh? Like the show, Dexter? Yes. Oh, are you, okay. the title are you like covering was, the new. Oh, okay. I was like, are you the covering title, the, the new title? Season? Related. I'm I'm okay. teasing. So you go check out Magoo's show, and then you find out yourself. Check out Jose's. I got a podcast review show. Um, and obviously Justin's the, the king of uh, edits and everything for everybody. So I appreciate you having me come on. 
Uh, just tell everybody the internet's not going to be over next week. Al Gore would never let that happen. So we're all good. And uh, thank you, Justin. <laughs> yeah, you want to go ahead, Magoo? You can go. Sure. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter if you hate yourself at Magoo underscore ITR. Uh, the ITR stands for Ignore the Rant, which is a silly, stupid little podcast I do with two of my buddies who are not in the liberty sphere whatsoever. And so every episode, I kind of have to tamper myself back. <laughs> I almost have to neuter myself on my own show. But we have fun. Uh, this last episode called Dark Passenger, uh, we kind of go through a tale of one of the co-hosts of mine who likely gave an Uber ride to a possible murderer and human trafficker of his own daughter. Not too sure about it. Uh, I think we find out in the middle of his story. So if you want to hear about that and some more retarded conspiracy theories about mass shootings and other dumb shit, uh, you can check us out on all of the podcast catchers. Not quite the same thing, but when I was in high school, actually, I might have been a little bit after high school. I'm pretty sure I was insanely drunk, stoned, and high, like and maybe high on other shit out of my mind. And I gave hookers a ride, thinking they were just you know, you know, women on the side of the road who needed a ride somewhere. And I remember the whole time thinking they made weird comments, like implying, like, "What are we gonna do?" And I was just kind of like, "Where the fuck do you need to go?" And they're like, well, "Where do you want to go?" And I'm like, "What do you What do you mean where I want to go? Where do you Where do you need to go? Like, you're on the side of the road. You need to pick up. Like, where are we going? Like." And I, I still don't know if they were hookers or not, but like after the fact, I like I remember like a day later, be like, like holy shit, they were hookers. <laughs> Did you end up dropping them Home off at some like cheap motel, and they stood there waiting for you to get out of the car, and then you just drove off, and they were really disappointed? It was somewhere it just, weird like that. Yeah, it was something. It I hate to break it to you, but it was homeless trannies. That's what <laughs> yeah. it was. Yeah. That is what hookers basically are. So, <laughs> <I know. laughs> potato, tomato, man, shit, I'm the same, <laughs> same to me. Thing. Um, all right, yeah, I have the No Way Jose show. You can find me on YouTube, all the major audio podcasters, Odyssey as well. I don't really have any like episodes to, to push right now. I've been doing more theory shit, been plugging uh, New Libertarian Manifesto live readings with uh, Sal right now. We're on the critique portion, so we're covering the Rothbard one right now, which is fun. But it's also like weird because like we vehemently disagree with everything Rothbard's saying, and I hate that down to my core because I usually agree with everything he says. So it's like, I don't know what's going on here, and it hurts me to my core, but you know. Whatever, we're making it together. We're making it through. So to be fair, though, for context, if people don't know, in New Libertarian Manifesto, the book for agorism, uh, whenever Konkin made it, he sent out copies to multiple big thought leaders, and Rothbard was one of them asking for critiques. And so to be fair to Rothbard, I don't think he thoroughly read it or thoroughly grasped it because it was just some shit someone sent him and said, hey, please. Like, imagine if someone sent you a book and was like, please critique this. You'd be like, the fuck? Hey, here's my, here's my Liberty mixtape. Will you take a listen? Exactly. It's an audio book, right? <laughs> this is, you're basically describing my, my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So if someone did that to Rothbard, he'd be like, all right, I'll, I'll skim. I'll, I'll, I'll leaf through some of the chapters and I'll give you my thoughts. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can see why you maybe fucked up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Uh, according to uh, Chumley, I have uh, I have Al Gore coming on soon. So that's cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but yeah, that's it. That's, that's my show. So. Well, <laughs> thank you all for joining us tonight. I will be back next Monday. I am going to have uh, a, so his his name on Twitter. This is his name on Twitter. It's a Blackman, uh, a black man. Uh, he and I are going to have a conversation on Sunday afternoon. We're going to talk about race and. Uh, sexism and all that fun stuff but we're gonna do it white. in a, 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 a he has a youtube channel he's he's legitimately black um 
So we're going to have a conversation about race and sex and all that fun stuff. And we're going to have some hard conversations that people aren't ready to have. Uh, mm. And I'm really looking forward to that one. I think it's going to be an extremely inter- bell curve stuff, huh? <laughs> I think it's going to be a really good conversation uh, just from, he does some like short videos and stuff on, on his YouTube channel and from the stuff that he talks about and the stuff that he tweets, I, I, I'm really excited about it. So check that out. That'll be, I'm, I may even do it as a live stream on Sunday afternoon if he's up for it. Otherwise it'll be out on Monday morning. So check that out. Hope everybody has a great rest of your evening, a great week. And I will see you on Monday, unless you come check me out on the morning after, tomorrow morning, or Friday morning, because there is always a lot of monkey business going on there. Have a good one, everybody.